0: Hi there, and welcome to Docksideo Bloemfontein North. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message in this series is trying to give you the right keys that will help you to unlock the book of Hebrews. Our encouragement to you is that you would study the book of Hebrews on your own and see what God wants to show you uh, in this wonderful 13 chapters of the book of Hebrews. Now, obviously you cannot cover 13 chapters in the Bible in five weeks of preaching, but we've chosen five key words or five keys that can help you to really unlock this wonderful book uh, in the New Testament. Now, for today, the word that we are looking at is this word persevere. Now, we are going to be speaking about faith. Uh, We are focusing on Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. And I'm hoping that after this sermon, if you go back and read Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, that it will come alive for you, uh, that you will see things that you haven't seen before because of this new key that we've given you. Um, And So this chapter, chapter 11, is actually a very famous chapter in the Bible. It's referred to as this hall of fame uh, when it comes to the heroes of faith. Uh, This writer is referring to about 20 or so different characters that, that showed faith in their lives. Now, instead of focusing on them, I wanna focus on this word faith. What does faith mean? Now, if I say the word faith, there might be a picture or a thought that comes to mind for you. Uh, What is that? If you had to define the word faith, what comes to mind for you? Now, for me, if I can be uh, totally honest, uh, I think for me, the the best way to describe faith for many years, and it's changed uh, since, is, is sort of this, having this very strong ability to have mind over matter. If I just believe something hard enough, then that will happen. Um, and, And many times that's what we do. We put all of the focus on our faith, on our ability to have faith in something. But if you think about it, if you read the Bible, it's actually putting the focus on the object of our faith the writer of Hebrews, he's trying to encourage a group of people that were going through a very difficult time and he wants to stir their faith. Yet only in chapter 11, he starts speaking about faith. For the first 10 chapters, he points them to Jesus because Jesus is the object of their faith. He understood that the clearer your picture is of Jesus, the better you understand who Jesus is, the easier it will be for you to trust this Jesus, because essentially faith is to trust someone. And so instead of focusing on your faith, we should be focusing on the object of our faith. Now, for me, I always, whenever people speak about having big faith, uh, you know, for God, I I used to feel a little bit inferior because I'd always feel like I don't have enough faith. And and uh, it's it's sort of the best way to explain this. I understood faith as having mind control. I can speak something. And if I believe it enough, it will happen. Um, and it's it's sort of thinking about that, that scripture where Jesus in, in Matthew chapter seven, he says that if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, although this is one aspect of faith, to to believe and not doubt. You know, the kind of faith that Peter had when he walks past the layman and he says, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. That kind of faith, that is also part of what faith is, but that is not all that faith is. And that's not really what the writer of Hebrews is referring to when he speaks about faith. Now, for me, that was my limited understanding of faith. So for me, it was brain control. If I I can have mind control over something, I can speak something, and if I believe it enough, it will happen. I don't know about you, but I've actually stood in front of a mountain and I tried to move the mountain because Jesus said, it's possible for me. If I believe, I can move a mountain to have that, that sort of mind control. Now, there was this funny movie some years ago, and I, I highly, I not recommend it. I don't recommend you go watch it. It's a shocking film. Um, but I was at a different stage of my life then. But I do remember this very one, a very funny uh, part or scene of that film where one of the actors, um, played by Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis, whichever way you pronounce his name, but he believed that he has mind control. And he was looking at another uh, uh, person in the movie played by Steve Carell and uh, believing that he has mind control. And because Zach believed it so much, Steve Carell started to believe it also. And he was afraid and he got paralyzed because Zach has got mind control over him. And then another person in the movie played by Paul Rudd is trying to explain to Steve that this person doesn't have mind control. Just snap out of it. You're not paralyzed. It doesn't work because he believed it until he tells Steve, that you don't have mind control, but you've got brain control. And brain control is stronger than mind control. And then these two guys were looking at each other like they're trying to mind control and brain control one another. So for me, that was my picture of faith. If someone is ill, if I believe it hard enough in my mind, and I say in the name of Jesus, a person will be healed. And there's a good element to that. We have to trust God and and not doubt. But that was my limited understanding of faith. And what happened was whenever I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed, I used to think, well, then there must be something wrong with me. Because the only reason why God would not heal this person would be because I don't have enough faith. And so I don't know if you've been there where you feel inferior about your faith. Maybe you've been praying for a breakthrough and you feel you really believed it, yet there was no financial breakthrough. You've been been praying for restoration in a broken relationship with a family member or whatever the case might be. And you prayed, you trusted God, nothing happens. And then your assumption is, well, surely my faith is not strong enough. And there's something wrong with me. Well, what if faith, this is a question I wanna ask you today. What if faith, is not necessarily referring to a prayer that changes your external situation, but what if faith is what gives us the ability to endure in the middle of our external situations? What if faith is not only that prayer that we pray, say, God, come and heal my cancer, but that faith is sometimes that thing that God puts inside of us that gives us the ability to endure, to persevere, even in the middle of an illness like cancer. What a faith is maybe a little bit more than what we thought it is. And certainly in the in the Hebrews chapter 11, that's what the writer is referring to. Just to show it to you, we're gonna study scripture a little bit. So Hebrews chapter 10, if you want to understand faith in chapter 11 and 12, you need to understand where it comes from. In chapter 10, at the end, uh, the writer starts speaking and he says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you were you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Now, remember it was written to a bunch of Christians that were considering going back to their Ju- Judaism or back to their Jewish roots, because of the persecution they were suffering from the Jews on the one side and also from the Roman government on the other side. So they decided to follow Jesus and in return, they got suffering. And if you've ever been there where you decide to follow God and trust God, and then things don't just automatically start working out things sometimes even get more difficult. And you say, remember when you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed and re, uh, to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. And then it goes on, for you had compassion for those in prison, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Imagine that, you follow Jesus and then you lose your property as a result. And then he goes on, to say in verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And so in that context, he starts speaking about faith. He says, you have need of endurance. I know that you are suffering right now. After you were enlightened, after you start believing in Jesus, you are in need of endurance, of perseverance. And then he starts with faith and explains to them what faith is. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, um, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old receive their commendation. And then he starts unpacking this, saying, Faith is that thing when people don't see the evidence, yet they keep on enduring, keep on persevering, keep on working. It's, a, it's an act of waiting, uh, if we can say it like that but they keep on even if there is no evidence because of the faith that they have and they get commended because of this. In each sentence, it goes on and says, Abel, which is my name, by the way, it's just pronounced Abel because uh, I'm Afrikaans. Uh, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though uh, through which he was commended as righteous. And then it goes on to Enoch saying also he was commended for his faith. And then verse six, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. And so it's this very clear picture that faith pleases God. But when it speaks about faith, it's speaking about enduring even if you don't see the evidence. It's not necessarily referring to the kind of faith that is mind control kind of faith. It's saying those that endured, even when they didn't see the evidence, when they didn't see, none of these people mentioned in Hebrews 11 saw the promises that they received from God. They didn't see the promises become a reality in their lifetime, yet they endured in the middle of suffering because of the word of God over them. So, God is pleased by faith. Faith pleases God, but what is faith? And so if you believe that faith is the mind control kind of faith, and whenever you pray and someone doesn't get healed or you pray for a breakthrough and you don't get it, you feel like surely I'm not pleasing God. But that's not what he was referring to here. He's referring to another kind of faith. What if faith, is not referring to a prayer that changes your external situation, but faith is what gives you the ability to endure in the middle of your suffering and your external situation. That's what he's referring to. In this context, faith is, uh, the Greek word for it is uh, um, pistis. Now, I think I'm pronouncing it in the right way, pistis. Now, this word actually means the personification of good faith. When, when someone's trust in something else or the, the, the faith in something is personified, when it is lived out. So it's very much faith here in this sense is very much a verb and not a noun. It is a verb, something that gets lived out whenever a person is living out their belief and their faith. That's what it's referring to here. Now let me quickly read to you, just to give you an example of this to unpack what faith means. Hebrews Hebrews 11 verse seven speaks about Noah. Now we know the story about Noah. God said it's gonna rain and told him to build an ark. Yet there was no evidence of rain. It was a dry country, there was no evidence, no clouds gathering, yet Noah kept on working. Can you imagine that? It's not like he built it in two days or three days. After months of building each morning, seeing no evidence of rain in the sky, Yet he gets up the next morning and keeps on building, puts one foot in front of the other, keeps on doing what God asked him to do. By faith, he did that. Let's read verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith is believing what God said, even if there is no evidence. But it's not only believing it in terms of a mindset, but it is living it out. It's living as if it is the truth, even if there is no evidence. Now, I think another way to explain this is to maybe use the picture of a train. So I don't know if you've seen a train moving past, Now, a train has got movement and and the faith that is referred to here is very much that that movement, even if there's no evidence, there is still movement because you believe that what God has said and you personified, you live it out. There's still that movement, even if there's no evidence. Now, a train moves because of the engine that it has inside. Even though you don't see the engine, you just see the movement of the train coming past. You know that there's an engine, something is causing this train to move. Now, in the same way, Noah had an engine inside of him that kept him moving each day for months and months and months as he was building the ark. Without any evidence around him, there was nothing else that would help him to move forward. No evidence to encourage him. Only that engine inside of him, which is faith. Now, faith is what produces motion in your life. When You don't get the answered prayer that you were hoping for, yet you keep on moving based on the Word of God. When there's still motion, it's the faith that God has put in you that produces that motion. So faith is very much like this engine that God puts inside of us. Now, faith is different to belief. It's not a man-made thing. It's not something you can work on. Faith is something we receive from God. It is an engine that He puts inside of us. Now here's the encouragement I wanna give you is that God won't ask anything of you without giving you the right engine for the task. He won't ask Noah to build an ark without giving him the faith to be able to build the the ark uh, even when there is no evidence. In the same way, whatever God is asking of you, he will give you the right engine and enough petrol in the tank. Now, remember Hebrews 10, that we wrote about the context that he's writing to people that are busy suffering. Now, that scripture also about what Jesus spoke about moving a mountain with your faith. Faith is not only when you say to the sick person in Jesus' name, stand up and walk, but it is also having the engine inside of you, having the ability to move a mountain one shovel at a time it's having that kind of engine that Noah had for the ark that he was building. Having the engine that Abraham had, we didn't see his promises being inherited in his life, but he moved because of the call of God. In the same way, there's a mountain that God wants you to move, that you can move one shovel at a time because you've got the right engine for it. That's the way that faith works. Sometimes there are things that you do that someone next to you looks at you and say, it is impossible to do that. There's no way that I would be able to do that kind of job. Or the things that you do for people, there's no way I'd be able to do that. But here's the thing, God has given you an engine for those things. I've got people I know that are suffering from severe illnesses, doctors that have told them you only have 10 years to live or even uh, someone else I know that that was told you only have a few months to live. Yet they don't stop working. They are still telling other people that God is good, still doing the, 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 the call they believe is on their lives, even though they know that their life might end any moment. And you look at that and you say, how is it possible for you to keep on saying God is good, even if God is not healing you? Well, here's the thing. God has given them faith. He's put an engine inside of them. And so in the same way, God has given you faith to move a mountain one shovel at a time because He's given you the engine for that. Maybe just the last passage of Scripture, then we'll start wrapping up. Um, in Hebrews 12, verse 1 uh the writer goes on from chapter 11, and then let me read it to you, verse one to three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, so all of these people that, that kept on moving because of the faith that was inside of them, not because of the evidence they saw, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Remember, he was telling them in Hebrews chapter 10, you are in need of endurance. He says, run the race that is set before you. Embrace the race with endurance. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Listen to this, verse three. Consider him who endured from sin as such hostility against him so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. Here's the thing about Jesus. He kept on moving even if there was no evidence he knew that he was gonna be the prince, the king of the universe, sitting at the right hand of the father, yet they are nailing him to the cross. And in that moment, he keeps on doing what the father called him to do, which is to love people. Other people would have said, why don't you just get off the cross? Why why, why don't you take vengeance right now? But Jesus was faithful to what God had asked him to do. So, So here's an interesting question. If faith, is only, you know, that prayer where you've got mind control and you pray for healing or breakthrough and it comes. And if you've got enough faith, then it happens. If you don't have enough faith, then it doesn't happen. Right, and that pleases God then. If that is your definition of faith, then Jesus lacked faith. Just think about that for a moment. You see, Jesus, before He goes to the cross, He prays to the Father and He says, can this cup pass from me? He asks the Father in heaven, is it possible for me not to go to the cross. So he asks for breakthrough. And the father says, no, that's the race that is set before you. And yet Jesus embraced that. So does it mean that Jesus doesn't have faith because of that unanswered prayer? Do you know that Jesus had an unanswered prayer? He asked not to go to the cross, but the answer was no. And so you see, sometimes when we don't get our prayers answered, you don't get the healing, you don't get the breakthrough, it's not because your faith is weak. Maybe it's just that the race that God has prepared for you looks a little bit different to the one that you imagined. What you need to do is by faith, endure. By faith, keep on moving, tapping into the engine that God has given you and He will supply that. Goes on in Hebrews, it says it is for discipline that you have to endure. And then it explains in uh, verse uh, 10 and 11, that discipline is for our good. And discipline in the moment always seems painful, but it is for our good because God loves us that He disciplines us. Now, it's quite interesting that part is that in general, people don't like pain. I mean, none of us like pain. We don't enjoy pain uh, all that much. But over here and also in in the book of James, it explains to us that pain is good for us. Not only is discipline good for us, but pain is actually good for us. Think about it like this. Uh, If you go read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, think about a personal trainer. If you go to the gym, some people even pay money for a personal trainer. And what does a personal trainer do? He puts you in pain. He puts your muscles in stress because he knows that that will make you grow. And so the moment that you go into pain, you don't say to the personal trainer, stop, I'm firing you. You pay him to pain you. (laughs) That's That's the whole point. And so in the same way, God does some beautiful things in your worst moments. Now, I'm not saying that God is the one that brings about your suffering. He's not the one that puts the mountain of suffering in front of you, that brings illness over your path, uh, or even the fact that you don't have a job. God's not to blame in those things. But in those moments, God uses those for His good. He uses those moments to do something beautiful in your life. I wanna end off my, maybe just jumping back to uh, chapter 11, where it started, speaking about how people were commended for their faith and how without faith, it is impossible to please God. Uh, uh, verse six in, in chapter 11, uh, faith pleases God. Now, if you're understanding your faith is only mind control kind of faith, whenever you pray and there's no healing, whenever you pray and there's no breakthrough, you doubt your faith. But if you understand that faith is not only that, It's not only saying in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk, but faith is also the ability to endure in the middle of your struggle. If you understand that, you understand that to endure, to persevere in the middle of tough times is pleasing to God. God gets pleased. Can you imagine from heaven's perspective, looking at someone like Paul? Uh, Paul suffered more than any other Christian probably. And he kept on, even while he was in prison, he was writing and preaching and singing about the goodness of God. Now see that picture from the perspective of heaven, saying, Paul, they have put you in prison. They are, you know, they tried to kill you a few times. They're giving you a very difficult time. You are busy suffering for my name. And I'm not rescuing you right now in this minute. Yet you keep on telling people I'm good. So there's no evidence of the goodness of God in the life of Paul in that moment, yet he's worshiping God in that moment. I think God looks at that and He says, you must really love me to have that much faith. No evidence, yet you proclaim my goodness, yet you keep on moving in the same way for you, my friend. If you are struggling in this moment and your prayers have not been answered, the sickness has not been taken away, the breakthrough has not come yet, and in this moment, your suffering, you have got an opportunity to please God. You can please God with your faith and your faithfulness in God in this very moment. I wanna encourage you to keep on moving forward, to keep enduring, persevering, and trusting that God will give you the engine that you require. And so in this moment, I wanna pray for you and maybe you feel like there is a mountain in front of you. It might be a mountain of struggle or maybe a mountain of opportunity. And it's not one of those mo- mountains that you're just gonna speak to and they're gonna move. You're gonna have to move it one shovel at a time. And in this moment, you are in need of faith. You feel, God, I need more faith. I wanna pray with you in this moment for the engine that requires that is required for this task that is in front of you. Because we know that faith is a gift from God and God can give it. God can put that engine inside of you right now. Let me pray for you. Lord, uh, you know every person that is watching this and whoever this has spoken to God, you know that many people might be facing a mountain in front of them. And I ask that you'd give them the faith. Uh, for whatever task lies before them, God, for, for the race that you've set before them, would you give them the faith so that they can endure and persevere um, and keep on moving, even though there might not be evidence, God. We ask that you'd give them the appropriate engine and give them everything they need uh, in this moment. We believe that faith is a gift from you. And right now, God, would you come and give your faith to whoever is in need of it? Amen. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit our website or follow us on social media at Doxodeo Bluefonte North. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. See you next time.